I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to introduce Bill to us now, and we're going to go on. This afternoon, shh, this afternoon, um, Bill shared with the East Bay Healing Center, if you're not familiar with that, every third Saturday in the afternoon right here is either training every other month. We bring in someone like Bill. There's some others coming. Or on the alternative months, like next month, the in-between months, is going to be healing encounters, which is basically our version of healing rooms. Okay? So uh, if you need healing, just keep that in mind. If you're on our email list, if you're here on Saturday nights, we'll keep reminding you when it's coming. But I'm just reminding you that this is it's really powerful. And this afternoon, many people were healed in this room. Many, many people. Dozens of people were healed this afternoon, and it was only a group of about 50 people. Uh, so, so in other words, get ready to receive, get ready to um, partner with God, because he's here to heal his kids. He loves you. Um, and the last thing I'm going to say is that I've known, I've, I've known Bill and Carol. Carol's now with Jesus, Bill's wife, and I'll let him share whatever more he wants to share about a year and a half ago. Um, and, uh, but Bill is carrying on um, this ministry and just doing an amazing job. We've known him for how many years, Bill? 2001. So 17 years we've known him. And I'm telling you, every time Bill comes, he has this anointing to make healing very accessible to everybody and for you to know that you can do this too. And we always see... Bunches of people get healed every single time. Would you welcome and honor Bill Dew? Okay. I know. I got one here. Yeah. I love it. Bill, jo- Bill Johnson um, started that thing about honor, and then he seems to get embarrassed by it when they stand up. Uh, I haven't received enough honor yet, so I'm not embarrassed yet. So, um, God, just order my words for tonight. Hmm. I feel like you wanted me to do this message, but you know I haven't done it in a long time. And I've got two different versions. So I just ask that you would be with me tonight and that we would just see your glory. And so I invite you, Holy Spirit, to come. Just come in power, even right now. Just begin to touch us. And Lord... um, We ask that you would be with us and so present with us tonight. Uh, In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Um, I got a bunch I want to do. I have a resource table over there. I did a terrible job this afternoon of um, talking about my resource materials. Let's see if I can do a little bit better. Um, We all have a destiny. Many of you have prophetic words over you. And the, the problem is, is that he wants us to go from point A to point Z, and we keep wanting to short-circuit uh, the, the process and make it much quicker. We have a destiny on us, and the question is, how do we walk out that destiny? 
Well, I've really battled with that, wondering about that. And um, I did a teaching on walking out your destiny, which uh, I think could be very helpful for you. Um, it's an unreasonable journey from successful businessman to sold-out lover of God traveling the world and living out the outrageous drama in his heart. Dreams, not drama. Well, there's some drama. <laughs> oh, God. Heal the, heal the eyes. For those of you who weren't here, you don't know what that just meant. Okay. Um, you will gain insight into knowing how to, how to process the prophetic words that are calling you into your destiny and how to walk through the process with thanksgiving and contentment. Ooh. Um, let me see if I can do it without losing my place in here. The coming healing revival. We have a, a billion soul harvest coming and healing is the bait. And God set it up on purpose. Prophetic words. I trace it only back to 1975. You can go much further. In fact, you do go back to 1947 in this teaching. Um, God was speaking through many different prophets from many different streams about what was going to happen prior to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Toronto in 1994. If you don't know about some of the leaders, Mike Bickle and, and Bob Jones and Paul Kane and Randy Clark and John Arnott and John Wimber, if any of those names are unfamiliar to you, I would really encourage you to get this teaching um, be, because God was bringing many different streams, speaking to the body of Christ about what was going to happen. And the question is, if he was speaking then... Back in the 70s and the 80s and into the 90s about what was about to happen, then shouldn't we pay attention to what he's been saying about what's going on right now? Okay. Makes sense to me. Okay, this is the hard part when you have a microphone and you're trying to, to do this um, and you can't see. No, I actually have glasses. I just don't like to use them. Um, Yeah, and, okay. So I traveled with Randy Clark for close to a year and a half. Uh, God brought me out of being an, a, a very successful commercial real estate businessman, ambushed me in 1992. I didn't believe in any of this stuff. Um, and, and even though my wife was an ordained Presbyterian pastor, uh, I was in sin, uh, bound up in ugly sexual sin. I was in church every Sunday faithfully for 13 years, no relationship with Jesus, never heard about the Holy Spirit, never heard about the enemy. So I, I'm really not a candidate that you would think, yeah, he can be used for ministry. But I'm the perfect candidate that can be used for ministry. So I, I got touched by God. God brought me into it, and um, we started ministering after traveling with Randy Clark um, around the world. And so we were doing a meeting, and, you know, because you catch an anointing, you catch something. So we were doing a meeting um, uh, during the summer when Randy was on vacation, uh, and I wasn't traveling with him. We were doing some meetings in San Diego, and this was one of the, the first times that we were actually doing our own meeting. Um, and if I can find it, that's not it. I'll tell you the story. I'm in a four square. Yeah, I can't find it. It's in here. It's right. It's really near here. We're in a four square church and we're doing teaching. And so we're, we're going into impartation. And so this side is standing up. This side standing up. I'm over here. Carol's prayed for these people. A lot of them are down. The church secretary came to the meeting um, uh, 
primarily because she's on the ministry team, but she's never prayed for anybody, ever. And so um, she's in, you know, on the floor in the spirit, and she starts to get up. And, and I, I, I think more than anything, it was the spirit of ornery on me. <laughs> I just said, take more. And she goes down again. And she's just kind of like out. Well, we hear the story a week later. So she finally gets up. She goes back to her house. Now, this is, um, you know, 4, 5 o'clock in the afternoon. We're finished with that meeting. We're, we're, uh, and we're not going back. We're finished with the meetings because uh, we, we weren't speaking that, that Sunday. They weren't sure about us yet. So, um, <laughs> um, I, so I didn't hear the story for, an, for another week. She went to check on her husband who had not been feeling well, found him passed out uh, on the floor, so she went, uh, got him in the car, got him to the emergency room, and they're, they're in the, you know, those, the, the little emergency rooms with the curtains to separate the little rooms and everything. And um, the doctor says, uh, sees her prayer badge, prayer ministry badge, and says, if you believe in healing, you better pray for him right now because his fever is really high and I'm very concerned about him. Instantly, oil forms on her hand. She lays hands on him. The fever goes down immediately, and he's like, why am I here? <laughs> Somebody hears this in the next stall. Could, could you, um, we heard you praying. Uh, could you come over? Um, our uncle um, is dying of cancer, and uh, they've had to amputate both legs at the knees. He's out here from Ohio. He's had a, another bout, and um, they're saying he's not going to make it through the night. Would you just come pray for him? What they really were saying was, can you kind of like give him last rites? Because he isn't going to live. So she prays for him. Um, we, we don't know what happened to that man. But he flew back to Ohio two days later. Wow. Somebody else said, oh, we heard you praying. Oh, somebody, oh, oh we heard you praying. Oh, I, I, were you praying for some people? They're, they're grabbing her. She got there at about 5.30 in the afternoon. She left the hospital at 5 o'clock in the morning. She had, um, she prayed for about 20 people. She led five to the Lord and, and many literally walked out of there healed. And she had never prayed for anybody in her life. So who needs some help walking in their destiny? I want to give this away. You don't need help walking in your destiny. But I did see your hand first. I'll, I'll, pray, I'll play favoritism there. <laughs> Who would like to know about the prophetic history of this move of God we're in? Right there. You know? Sometimes it really helps to be a little bold. And in fact, I'm going to actually talk about that. And, okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Have you ever had a God-sized dream that you didn't see any way it could possibly come to pass? Have you ever wanted to, oh, God, just use me. I, I, I want to see, I want to see people healed. I, God, I, I don't understand everything you're doing, but I want more. I've got to have more. And you love God's stories. Who, who, would, who wants something like that? Because you can have it. it. You can have it. It's yours. Any, you can have it. Anybody who really wants it can have it. You can have it, but you got to, you got to, who wants that? Who would? How many of you were here this afternoon? 
It's a bunch of you. Uh, how many of you who were here this afternoon um, got healed? Okay. Uh, stand up real quick. Um, stand up real quick that you got healed. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. Yell out because you got significant healing. Tell me, tell me real loud what happened. a little I mean it was really small you were sitting over here and I went over to interview you and I couldn't see it I mean literally from right over there yeah okay that somebody oh right here okay come on stand up oh come on tell, tell them I'll, I'll come bring the microphone tell them, tell them what happened to you um I had knee surgery last year in March um I had three tears in my knee and since then um, I've still had a lot of pain and swelling, and I don't have any pain, and I was able to sit down all the way today. <laughs> she, w she went all the way down on her knees. Do you want to testify? Come on. Yeah. Um, I had pain in both my arms and shoulders, and the pain dialed way down, and I have more movement now. Okay, how many of you um, knew that I was going to be here tonight? That's a bunch of you. You're right. How many of you didn't know I was going to be here tonight? All right. And about five, eight, ten of you. Um, how many of you never seen me before? Um, okay. The good news is uh, there was a lot of people who raised their hands that knew I was going to be here tonight, and they came anyway. <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, well, why don't I have you, you two? Yeah, come on. You in the blue and you, yeah, right, yeah, come on. Just come stand right here. No, 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 no. The, the, the guy, the guy. Yeah, yeah. Come. If you would, to, if you two would just face each other. You know, it's, it's been not a while. A, not it's a, been a while. It's not a fight. <laughs> We go way back. Apparently. <laughs> you're ruining my example. Stop it. In our Western culture, uh, in our Western culture, we have comfort zones. In the Middle Eastern culture, this, <laughs> this is more common. This is how they talk to each other. Yeah, wow. Is that a little uncomfortable? I rest my case. Thank you, guys. We all have comfort zones. In the natural, in the spirit, the whole thing. We all have comfort zones. I've got a message for you tonight, which I believe you will find to be uh, somewhat hilarious with a very serious point. 
And it is literally a, a biblical um, a point, a biblical precedent that you can go to. You know, if, if I talked right now about, um, okay, we're, we're just going to stop right now. Uh, we're we're going to stop the church, and we're going to go out. Where There's all kinds of shopping area right around here, restaurants and stuff. It's pretty close. And we're just going to fan out. Now, this church, more than probably any other church, wouldn't get uh, too upset by this because y'all used to do this. Y'all were birthed in this. But if I said, we're just going to leave here, we're going to go, and we're going to evangelize and, and pray for he- healing, we're going to prophesy over people uh, in the shopping center right over here or wherever I'm pointing. Um, some of you, most churches would get really puckered right now because <laughs> that's out of their comfort zone. This church literally was birthed in some of that. But we see this so much in the Bible, uh, so easy to see this. Um, Judges chapter 7, story about Gideon. We all know that story. He's hiding in a wine press. Jesus comes to him, uh, not Jesus, but the angel comes to him and, and says, you're a ma- mighty man of valor. And it's like, what, me? No, that could not have been comfortable when he gets his assignment. You got too many men. You're going to fight the Midianites. Uh, you got too many men. You got 10,000. We're going to pare them down to 300. That's bad enough. Then he divides them into three companies where they're going to go like up on the hill at daybreak. They're going to have a horn. They're going to have a light that they put in a, like, a, like a gourd or something. And you're going to blow the horn and, and smash the gourd and the light's going to shine. Okay, it's still dark. And my question is, and where's the sword? If you have a light and you blow a horn and the light shines and it's still dark, what does that make you? A target. That could not have been comfortable. It wasn't so bad for Gideon because he at least had something from the angel of the Lord. But those 300 men didn't. The woman with the issue of blood. You know, I mean, we kind of gloss over that story. Now, admittedly, uh, Nicodemus came to Jesus, but he came at night. Jairus said, came at daylight, uh, uh, d- during the daytime, and he fell at the feet of Jesus. Now, that could not have been comfortable. That wasn't comfortable right then. That, that wasn't fun, but it illustrates a point. It could not have been comfortable. And many times God is calling us out of our comfort zone. The woman with the issue of blood. I mean, her by herself. She's not supposed to be out. She's been bleeding for 12 years. If she doesn't get healed, she gets stoned. She's out of her comfort zone. And yet God's telling her something. Ananias in Acts chapter 9. It would be like God giving you an assignment. I'll pick on some other community. It would be like God's telling you, I want you to go at 2 o'clock in the morning to the worst neighborhood of Livermore. <laughs> Does Livermore have bad neighborhoods? Probably not. Let's go to Oakland. Sure, everybody's going to pick on Oakland. Yeah, sorry, Oakland. The worst neighborhood of Oakland. And um, I-, I want you to give a message to the drug lord there from the Lord (laughs) you know not everybody wants to sign up for that assignment that could not have been comfortable because Ananias knows I'm going to the guy who's killing Christians persecuting Christians that could not have been comfortable we had a when I was at in Vacaville at the mission we had a ministry school there and um called the Potter's House at that time they had a young lady there who um she was a worship leader 
and, and, and that school really moved in healing. We got to teach in there every, every week, and it moved in the prophetic. That church, very prophetic. And she did not think that she was really very prophetic. Now, she's from Texas. She had to go home for some reason. Um, she borrowed somebody's car. Uh, the car had Wisconsin license plates. Um, she goes to Texas on her visit and everything. She's coming back. It's late at night. It's 3 o'clock in the morning, San Francisco landing. She's, she's got a, a Texas driver's license. She's driving a car with um, like, like Wisconsin plates or whatever. And she goes the wrong way on a one-way street. And, of course, there's a cop. And he stops her, you know, and it's, oh, I'm sorry, officer. I mean, I'm, I'm just tired. I'm coming back from Texas visiting my family and et cetera, et cetera. And, um, you know, I'm, and I'm just, I'm sorry and everything. He said, well, you know, what were you doing? And he said, well, I'm, I'm going back to school. I go to school at the Potter's House School of Supernatural. Supernatural? Yeah, you know, we, they're teaching us about the God and we study the Bible and we learn how to hear from God. You hear from God? Yeah, and God's got something to say to you. And she doesn't know what it is. God's got something to say to me. Yeah. Um, 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 I, the Lord says that the keys are in the second drawer. What? What did you say? Oh, look, I, sometimes I miss it and I don't always hear from God. And I don't, no, no. What did you say? The Lord says the keys are in the second drawer. So the cop immediately goes back to his car, gets on his cell phone. So he wakes up his wife. He comes back and he says, we're house sitting and we've lost the keys. And when you said that, that's when I knew, oh, that's where we put them. His attitude was not real good prior to that. Now it's changed. And she says, and God's got some more things to say to you. Yeah. And she, she, she begins to tell him, basically reading his mail. By the time she finishes, he's leaning on the, the hood of the car weeping because she had just read his mail and she didn't get a ticket. <laughs> Sometimes coming out of your comfort zone um, is good. One of my favorite stories um, in, the, in the Bible is where you see it in Mark chapter 6, and I think it's Mar uh, Matthew 14 as well. It's where Jesus sends the disciples off on the lake. He goes to the Father, and the storm comes up, and he knows that they are going against the wind, and it's a storm. And it says that he came walking to them. And you, you know the rest of the story. First of all, they thought it was a ghost. But they call him into the boat anyway. Well, it's kind of like, you know, we're afraid you're a ghost. However, we're, we're more afraid of the storm, so ghosts come on in. That's <laughs> kind of strange. Interestingly, it says in the Mark chapter 6 version, he would have passed them by. How often has Jesus been right there? And we didn't. He was waiting for us to cry out. We keep thinking, oh, come and do, heal me, save me, prophesy over me, whatever. He's waiting for us to call out to him. It's interesting that in that account of the story, which we know quite well, Peter says, Lord, if that's you, call me, call me to yourself. And Jesus says, yeah, come on. Now, Peter was 
was very comfortable being on the water. Well, wait a minute. I, I, I didn't say that right. He's very comfortable being in a boat on the water. He's a fisherman. Jesus says, come to me. In other words, come out of your comfort zone. Jesus is walking on the water, and he's saying, come join me. I'm not sure that's going to hold me. Yeah. The only way you really know, because you can always bring your foot back. You can test the water and it goes down and you, you don't have anything firm to stand on. The only way you'll know is to truly commit yourself. And that's what he did. And he walked on water because he was willing to come out of his comfort zone to see a miracle. Well, I had that chance years ago. It, it actually was 2001, um, 17 years ago, to literally step out of the boat. And I want to tell you that, that story. It's a funny story with a very serious point. The Mission Church had a relationship with a Fijian church um, that, that had been established over the years. And so in 2001, um, they were... We're taking a team of 24 people, uh, Dave Crone and, and his wife Deb and Dan McCollum and, and some others, um, to go do some training of Fijian leaders and pastors. We're going to hold a crusade in, in the church. The church had been, be, been being built for 17 years um, uh, and totally without debt. Um, just as they got money, they would then put it into the church. It was going to hold 7,000 people. And so... Um, Part of the team was going primarily to help with the laying of the floor and moving stuff and painting and doing a bunch of things. But at night, uh, they would join us with the prayer training. And during the day, um, uh, Carol and I and some others were doing prayer ministry training of the uh, pastors and leaders uh, in, in the Fijians. And, and we just had some incredible stuff happening. And then we were going to do a Saturday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night meeting um, for the Fijians. And basically, it's a crusade. And we just saw incredible things happening. We, we, we saw um, uh, one of the guys on our team. He, he loved the church. He loved Dave and Deb. Didn't like the manifestations. Didn't like that shaking stuff. Um, he would not have done well here. Um, <laughs> didn't like that kind of stuff. Um, wasn't into the healing thing at all, but he was a servant. He, he was a carpet layer by trade, and so he was really good at, at supervising the teams and helping the building and this, that, and the other. That's how he really showed who he was and who he was in Christ. And so, but at night, he would have to be, he was with us, so he was trained. So during, when we started the crusade kind of things, the night meeting and then the Sunday morning, he's on the ministry team with us. And so he's there, lined up across a huge church, as you might imagine, a huge platform behind us to, you know, to, to, be, able to be up so that 7,000 people can see you. And he sees somebody coming toward him, but they're being led toward him. They're blind. And he's thinking, oh, God, anybody but me. Bill, Carol, Dave, Deb, anybody but me. But they kept going straight to him. And finally, his prayer was, oh, God, let her see the light. And, and her eyes were opened. And literally, she turned around, and they had this huge choir back behind. And she said, and that's my son. She had not seen him for years. We had another guy that I remember in particular because he was the cousin 
of the pastor who had brought us over there. Pastor Wanga was the superintendent of the Assemblies of God um, uh, there in Fiji. He was really well respected in the Pacific Rim. He was just a, a dynamic guy, just absolutely loved uh, Dave and Deb and the whole church there in Vacaville. And that's why I invited them you know, over and to come and everything. And he was the cousin, 80 years old. And he was, they said, he'd been stone deaf for 10 years. Now, now I don't know if stone deaf is more deaf than deaf, but pretty. <laughs> and, and one of our team members prayed for him and he gets totally healed. And it made such an impression on everybody. So we had just incredible meetings. And so they had provided for us to be able to go over, um, to a, a, a resort kind of island. Um, we didn't go to the one that Tom Cruise had been to just several weeks before when they, he and his girlfriend, Penelope Cruise, uh, went and they paid $5,000 a night for their room. We didn't go to that one. I mean, it was a nice one, but we didn't go to that one. But, I mean, we, had, there, there's, we got to see three different Fijis. The one Fiji is the everyday life, half Indian, half Fijian. Um, you know, it's just, it's kind of run down. It's kind of, it's just not nice. It's not the Fiji you see on the brochures. I have a couple of people nodding at me like maybe they know. I mean, it's not the Fiji with the umbrellas and the drinks and the sand and the go snorkeling and all that kind of stuff. It's the everyday life uh, Fiji. What I didn't count on was that I was going to then go to the third Fiji. So anyway, we go over to the resort island. We go over on this big uh, catamaran. It's, it's got a deck upstairs that's covered, um, windows and the whole bit, smooth. It's really nice. We're on the island resort. And now I, I, I need to kind of be really open and vulnerable with you so that you will understand um, by the end of this message, you will say, if God can use him and all of his insecurities and inadequacies, inadequ Sees, God can use me. I'm much looser now. I wear jeans all the time. I used to wear nothing but khaki dockers, kind of like that. <laughs> Shirt tail tucked in, long sleeve or short sleeve. I did not know how to relax and chill. That was not a word in my vocabulary. I did not have Bermuda shorts. The only shorts I wore were tennis shorts that I, you know, play tennis with um, but so I didn't have any Bermuda shorts I figured I'm going to Fiji it's hot I know that so I've got to have a pair of shorts, shorts so I borrow some shorts we're now going to the island we're done with all the ministry stuff we're going to the island and we're going to chill out and we've got this bourree uh, with the, what they call a thatched hut kind of thing on the sand you know it is just the perfect place to be in your flip flops and, and sandals and shorts and, and a t-shirt and that kind of thing well I don't have I don't have shorts, so I've had to borrow those. I don't wear flip-flops. They hurt. Um, all I have is these kind of shoes. I at least took my socks off. I literally have pictures of me in my Dockers in a polo shirt tucked in with these kind of shoes. That's me chilling. <laughs> I, I mean, it's just, I'm just totally, totally out of my comfort zone, and I'm there to have fun. So Pastor Wonga goes to Dave Crone. And says, you know, we've got this church being built on the outer, outer island. Uh, maybe 450 people there. Uh, the chief of the island is Methodist. And, but, but we've got a church of about 100 people. And they're building a building. 
And it'd be great if you would go out there and, and bless the building. It's about half, half done. And so Dave and Dan McCollum, many of you know Dan O, uh, and th there was a guy, financial guy named Bud. And, and so Dave comes to me and says, you know, why don't you come with us? And, and I'm, I'm figuring, well, I, I, I don't know. Um, I'm f we're flying home that night. What we're going to do is we'll go out to that island and bless that church, have lunch. We knew that. And then we we're going to come back, join the team. The team was going to go back to the big island where we had been. And, and uh, they were going to go back to the hotel, collect all the luggage, and then we're flying out that night. So we're going to leave at about, I don't know, 10 o'clock in the morning or what, something like that, and then come back and then fly out at 7 or 8 o'clock at night. So there's not a lot, a lot of time to get all cleaned up, et cetera. Then I'm thinking, okay, um, I'm going to go out to this island, and I'm not sure if I really want to do that. And you have to know um, I'm kind of buttoned down. Then I was. I'm a little looser now. I, but pretty buttoned down the way I wear my clothes and everything that I do. And to be honest, it's really, I'm, I don't like to get dirty. And, and, and I'm just kind of prissy. I don't, I don't like to get my hands dirty. And <laughs> just kind of, and that hadn't really changed. Um, <laughs> and I, I'm thinking, okay, um, I, I came over on a pretty nice boat. And now... We're going to go out on Pastor Wonga's boat. Well, he's a tribal chief. Not only is he a head of the Assemblies of God for that area, not only is he a respected guy, but he's a tribal chief. I mean, that, that boat's got to be pretty good. And they originally were saying um, the four guys and the four wives and two Fijian pastors were going to go. So I figured, well, uh, it's got to be a bigger, bigger boat. Well, by then, it had gotten changed and the wives weren't, weren't going with us. Um, so I'm thinking, I'm not sure I really want to do that. However, I know that the team is going back to the big island, and they don't have anything to do, so they're going to go shopping. And there's a lot of women on that team. <laughs> you guys will start to track with me. You know what they're going to do. They're going to go to those little knick-knack shops, and after you've been to about two of them, they all look the same. And there's no sports equipment anywhere. There's no electronics. There's none of that stuff. It's just torture. <laughs> yeah, this audience is mostly women, so I... Like, but come on, you know it's true. You're going to go to every one of those little knickknacks, and they all have this... You're, 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 they, they have the same thing, but y'all keep going in them. You just don't see... And so I'm going back and forth. Well, I, you know, I don't really want to go shopping, and there's nothing in it for me, but I don't know, I don't know about going. I'm going to get dirty and, and wind blow. I, but, but, I, I, but God, do you have something? Anybody relate to this? Try, trying to hear God. And finally, I, I feel like I hear God say, no, I want you to go. Okay, I'll go. Well, I made my first mistake when I started thinking, relating, okay, I came over in a really big catamaran, sat up on the deck, it was really nice, uh, not really thinking, what is this boat going to be like? But I figured it's Pastor Wonga's boat, it's got to be nice. So we all, all of us go down to the dock, which was another point. We all go down to the dock, so now I can't get out of it when I see the boat. <laughs> and the, the boat... Is, is 
Well, it's about maybe from about here, no, about here, no, more like about here to the wall. Yeah, yeah, it's not what I thought it was. And it's, a, it's an old boat. And it's a wooden boat. It's an old wooden boat. I don't like old wooden boats. I knew my next mistake, Pastor Wonga's not there. He's not even going with us. He's got two of his pastors that are going to take us out there. So we get on the boat. Knew I was out of my comfort zone, trying to step onto that boat. Okay, I'm on the boat. And I look around a little bit. And, you know, it's, we had been, there had been some storms. It had been nice, but it had been okay. But now, some storms. Now it is a drop-dead gorgeous blue sky day. And I'm, I'm just thinking, oh, God, please don't let that be prophetic. We, we start out. And I'm looking, okay, so here's the driver. Got a windshield, top, sides. I can stand here, side, top, you know, a whole bit. And it's all open back here. Meaning if you're back here, waves, getting blown. Look, I know I don't have much hair, but I don't like it. I don't like to get it blown. And we start out. And it's some sort of a holiday, and you'd think, well, the, there'll, there'll be boats everywhere. There was nothing. We didn't see a single boat. And, and the, the, the two uh, Fijian pastors, one of them is sitting up on the very, very front bow of the boat. And I'm wondering, why, what are you doing? Why, why are you doing? Well, I found out later he was looking for reefs and stuff like that to help guide through. And, and we're starting to go, and, and like the further out we went, the, the smaller the islands were. And, you know, I'm, I'm with Dave and, and, and Bud and, and Dano, and, and they're kind of this rough and tumble, bring on the action rah, 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 kind of guys. <laughs> and I'm more of this, um, I'm not sure I really want to do this. I don't want to get dirty. I don't want the wind to blow me. I'm sitting up in the front with the driver, and, I'm, and we're bouncing. We're, it's the roughest seas we've seen, and we are bouncing on the waves. Like, you know, and I'm trying to put on a good face to it. Yeah, this is great. Yeah. But I'm up front, so I'm not getting blown. I know. I know. I know. At, at one point, I sit down on this little seat kind of right here. So it, it turns out it's a shelf. It's like a, a cabinet. And I, I recognized when I sat down on it, it kind of moved. And I'm thinking, if this boat goes down, I got dibs on that. <laughs> they told us. The Fijians said, oh, don't worry. We do this all the time. This is not a big problem. We, I mean, we have, if there's any kind of a problem, we have a flare gun and three life preservers. <laughs> Never saw the flare gun, and I can do the math. There's six of us. The next mistake I made, once we got out there, because then it was quite a ways out there, we had stepped from the dock onto the boat. We're going to a remote island. As we get near the island, I'm recognizing there's no dock. There's no dock. You have to just get in as far as you can, and you drop the anchor, and then you've got to 
get into the water and go up on the sand. Well, Dave and Bud and Dano and Fijians, you know, it's not a problem. They got sandals. I don't have sandals. I got these kind of shoes. And so one of the Fijian pastors says, has everybody got sandals? And, and, and I was going to say, no, I don't. I'm just going to take off my sandals and jump in the water and go to the, to the beach. And, and before I really can say, because I said, no, I, I don't. But and before I can finish, he says, get on my back and I'll take you in piggyback. <laughs> so I did it. <laughs> and I'm glad I did it. And I'd do it again. Because I'd already thought, Okay, I'll take my shoes off. I'll get in the water. I'll get up on the sandy beach. I'll get all sandy. There's no towel. I'll just brush off as much as I can, and it'll be uncomfortable. That's how my mind works. And maybe not yours. That's how my mind works. So now we're on the beach here, and we have four Fijian pastors who are meeting us. And they take us through the little village to their hut. And then I, I know that we're going to this church to bless it, and then we're going to come back and have lunch. Uh, we know we're going to have lunch, and then we figured, and then we'll get the heck out of here and go get, go back home. Well, we start walking through the village, and I'm, I'm realizing I am not in Kansas anymore. The, the, there's nothing but little huts, and it's just a little, there's no street. There's just a little path, and there's little kids running around, and there's roosters, and there's pigs, and there's things. And I'm looking. There's, there's no electrical lines. There's no electrical lines. And I'm thinking, and where's the bathroom? <laughs> Just. So we get to the pastor's house. And, you know, he kind of welcomes us and everything. And he says, let's go to the building. So we go to the building. And it's like halfway done. So it's got a sand floor. It's got some joists, but no, no wood, no ceiling to it. So you can see through. And it's got block um, that's mostly up, but there's no windows in yet. So it's halfway done. Okay. So um, we figured, let's, um, let's just bless the building. Dave, do your thing. You're the pastor. Do your thing. He does his thing. And then, you know, it's kind of like, um, okay, why are you guys here? I mean, we know Pastor Wonga sent you over here, but why are you here, here? And, and um, we kind of explain with crusade, training, healing, seeing blind people, deaf ears, you know, the whole bit. We, we've seen all that kind of stuff. And so one of the guys kind of goes like that. And I'm figuring, okay, maybe that's why I'm here. I'm going to pray for this guy. He gets healed instantly. And then they bring me the associate uh, uh, pastor of that little group. They dive, but they don't have scuba gear. So he's got a diving, he's got a breathing problem. You know, they, they dive a, a lot and they dive deep, but they don't have scuba gear. So I pray for him. Now, at that time, I had been doing this kind of stuff for nine years, quite a, quite a bit of time. I've seen a lot of stuff happen. And, and as I'm praying for this guy, standing there in the middle of the building in the sand, he starts shaking and he starts trembling and, and Bud is behind him and all of a sudden, boom, down he goes and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is really real. This is not power of suggestion. This is really real. I mean, I knew it, but then I, it's like, oh, I got this. Well, he gets healed totally, which is way cool. So we're all thinking, okay, this is great. Yeah, this, this is done. About this time, we hear crashing of waves and we said, what, what is that? Well, it's just through those bushes right there. There's a, a you know, part of the island 
Um, so we go through about 20 yards or so and look in, and we see this island. It's about 1,000 yards out. Just gorgeous thing. And they, they told us, yeah, the, uh, the chief owns this island and owns that island. And then they told us it's the same island that they used to film the movie Castaway with Tom Hanks. And I saw that peak, you know, that where in the, in the movie, if you hadn't seen the movie, you need, need to see it. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm literally thinking, oh, God, don't let this be prophetic as Castaway. Oh. <laughs> so we, we go back to um, the, the pastor's hut. And I'm thinking, we're getting ready to have, you know, lunch. This is, this is all good. Well, no. No, no. So the pastor says, we have to go see the chief. And nobody goes to the chief without paying proper, you know, respect. And so he goes to his cabinet like I just did, and he pulls out four or three blue Sulus and one pink one. And Dan McCollum grabs my blue one, gives me this pink one, and says, this one won't fit. <laughs> now, my, my daddy didn't raise no fool. <laughs> if you wear it like a skirt, and it feels like a skirt... <laughs> You can call it a Sulu, <laughs> but it's a skirt. So if you can get this picture, I'm in a polo shirt. I do have it at least not tucked in. I'm in Bermuda shorts that I've borrowed, and I've got these kinds of shoes on with no socks. I'm chilling. <laughs> and I've got my Sulu. But, you know, at this point, I figure the color of my skirt is the least of my problems. And no, there will be no pictures. I have done this message before and so far, except for the pictures that I allowed to be sent out on Facebook, there will be no pictures. So they take us to, the, to go see the chief. And Dano, if you know Dano, uh, he, he, he's a joyous kind of guy to begin with. What I don't know is I've got Mana Island Resort written across my rear end. And, and for some reason, he thinks that's really funny. So he's just dying laughing. We get into the hut and... Um, we, we see the chief, he's sitting there, and I, I hope this is not offensive, but I mean, he was sitting Indian style, legs crossed on the floor. I, I don't know, you know, this is a crazy world these days, but, but that's how Indians, that's how we were taught that they sit. You'll see he's sitting cross-legged there, and he's got his uh, assistant in there and everything. And so the four Fijian pastors um, sit down, and, and then we're kind of grouped around, we're all sitting there, and... All of a sudden, they start talking. Now, to keep your ears from being shattered, the four Fijians that we're with are talking to the chief. 
and it's really loud. And, and I'm wondering, this feels wrong. This feels demonic. But it's like, that went on for about what felt like 10 minutes. And then they take money and they slide it to him and the chief takes it. It's like a tribute. You don't do anything on the island without the chief getting his cut. Yeah. So at, at that point, it was apparent. You couldn't understand the language, but it was apparent that the chief said, you know, why are the white boys here? And, and so the Fijians try to explain and everything. And I see the chief go. And, and I'm looking at Dave and Dano and like, are you guys catching this? No, just right over their heads, just totally. And I'm thinking, does the chief have pain in his wrist? Yes, he does. Ah, can I pray for you? Yes, you can. So I, I pray, I get permission, I, I touch him, and he basically gets healed almost instantly. Yeah, way cool. So then um, the chief motions his assistant in, and he comes in with this hearing aid that is an old dilapidated one apparently, and it's got a cord to it even. Yeah, like, you know, sometimes spiritual discernment just eludes me. Duh, that's why they're talking so loud. He's deaf. <laughs> In my mind, I've imagined some Hollywood producer going to the chief and to the Mana Island Resort saying, we've got this deal for you. This is going to be a really big movie, and people are going to want to come here. And they would come to the Mana Island Resort, and they would be told, if you'll pay a certain amount of money, you can go have lunch at the island where the movie Castaway was filmed. And they'll come here and pay you tribute, and then go. And, in the, and what we'll do is send a doctor in and check your ears, and we'll get you a hearing aid. They just didn't tell him they were going to get him a crummy one. Can I pray for the chief? Yes, I can. Is it okay to touch you? Yes, it is. You got to ask that because the last time somebody prayed for the chief and touched his head without asking, they ate him. <laughs> well, they used to be cannibals. This was a long time ago. But we learned to be very respectful of the chief. I am just about finished. I am just about finished and it's just about 8.30. Okay, we're doing good. So I get permission. Now, the, the, the chief is not church broke. A renewal broke. He, he doesn't know to assume the position. He's sitting cross-legged to me, so I go and sit cross-legged across from him, but he didn't close his eyes. I don't like that when they look at you while you're praying. You know. <laughs> but, you know, I know how to do this. I've, I've, I've done this. I've, you know, at that time, I had seen Benny Hinn Deep Brock, Deep Brock, what do you have for me? Pastor Benny, Pastor Benny, the chief's been deaf for 35 years, but today he was healed. He can hear. I, I know how that goes. How great thou art. So I, I put my fingers in his ears, and I snap my fingers, and I pray for that deaf and dumb spirit to come out. And as I snap my fingers, each ear opens. And for the next 10 minutes, 
We talk in a normal tone, just like this. And then it was time to leave with the chief's fleas. Yeah, he doesn't know it, but he had fleas. And we all got them. And we brought them back on the plane with us. Yeah. Nobody had left, nobody had left the hut. Okay, I'm, I am getting to the serious part. There, there, is a met, there is a reason for this message. Nobody had left the hut. Nobody had left the hut. Now, we're walking, you know, down the little plank, and there's a woman there, and she's holding a little toddler child, and they told us, that baby is paralyzed. Would you pray? To me, it was like a sound had gone out, an imperceptible sound that could only be heard in the spirit. Thank you. That's... that's. <laughs> going to do it again too if I don't answer it but it could be your wife because I did yeah anyway we prayed for her and then we're walking back to the to the pastor's house hut and it it, it felt like what it must have felt like when Jesus walked in Capernaum because people had come out of the huts they lined I was going to say they lined the street. There's no street. They lined the little path. And they had all kinds of needs and and we would pray for them as we went along. And then we got to this one hut. And they said, she's um, paralyzed in her legs and her feet in that hut. She can't get out. She can't walk. Hadn't been able to walk for a year or two now. Would you pray for her? Now, I had caught this anointing. I had caught all this. It's like, okay, this is why you're here. This is what you were born for. I kept looking to Dave and Dano and even Bud. Bud was a financial guy, so he wasn't into all the stuff that we were into exactly. But Dano and Dave, I kept looking to them. It's like, you know, just over their head. Well, now my pastor Dave, he's got it. He and I go in, meet this woman, and lay our previously clean hands on the ugly, dirty, gnarled feet of this woman, point of contact, she gets up and walks out of the hut with us. Learned a valuable lesson. Actually learned a lot of valuable lessons that day. First of all, always on a mission trip, take Perel with you. Because we didn't have any, and they didn't have any running water, and they didn't have bathrooms. And I'm thinking, my little left brain mind, we're about to go back and eat lunch, which is going to be lobster. And first of all, I'm not, I'm not, I don't even know if there's going to be forks, and there weren't. And even if there were, you know, you know you're going to use your hands. How are you going to get clean? Oh, John G. Lake anointing, kill the germs. I mean, that's all you can do. And we went back. They thought the whole team was coming. They had dived all night long. They had, they had lots of lobsters, and they had lobsters that big. One of them was that big for Dave because he was the big kahuna. <laughs> it would not 
have happened if I had not been willing to step out of my comfort zone? How many times has God been calling each and every one of us be willing to step out of your comfort zone? What you will find is if you want to see miracles, it most often will be uncomfortable and inconvenient. But that's when you'll see the miracles. This story left an indelible impression on me. And you can probably tell from, from some of the things I've, I've said. I mean, it, it, it's not easy for me to pray for somebody out in the marketplace. And yet I believe in it. I, I truly do. It's not always easy to lead a meeting and to do you know, the things that I do. But it's really hard out there. And yet that's where God wants to show up. He wants to show up when you step out to that relative who thinks you're crazy, but you pray for him anyway. He wants you to step out and pray for that person that you see in the mall, that you see with the carpal tunnel brace, the, to not be so worried about the line behind you at in and out Like years ago, Carol and I went up and saw the guy with the little carpal tunnel thing. He said, actually, I've broken a bone in there. We thought it was carpal tunnel, but it was a broken bone. Can we just pray for you right quick? I mean, it was like a 20, 25 second prayer, but we've got a line behind us. And the guy came by later. He had taken the thing off. He said, I'd have full movement. I, it doesn't hurt. We took the time to do it. I, I, I actually was trying to buy a, an Infinity over here at the dealership years ago when I was still living up here. And I'm, you know, the, the salesman, when he gets in the car, he winces like he's in pain. Well, he knew I was in ministry, and I said, I'm kind of in a different ministry than a lot of ministers you might know. And so I'd like to pray for you, pray for healing and everything. So we were standing out, looking at the car, you know, do you want to buy the car? No, I don't know, blah, 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 that. We were standing there, and I've kind of just got my hand on his shoulder, and, and I'm, you know, looking, you know, like, like that and everything. If you had looked at us, you'd never have known. When he called me, like, two days later to see if I wanted to buy the car, which I didn't, but... I, I did later buy another one, but he said, you know, all the problem that I was having in my neck, it's all gone. And when I woke up this morning, I, I said to my wife, I wonder if that prayer had anything to do with it. <laughs> Would you be willing to step out of your comfort zone to see miracles? Like we saw with that woman, get up out of her hut and walk around. What happened to the baby? I don't know. I don't know. But I've, I've gone back to places enough times where people have come up to me and said, you know, you pray for me, and it didn't seem like anything happened. But the next week when I went in for my surgery because I had a brain tumor, they said, we don't understand it. Every x-ray we took said you had a brain tumor. We just took the x-rays again. We don't understand it, but you don't have a brain tumor. That's the anointing I want. Cause the doctors to scratch their head. I believe I, I, I'm not, not against doctors, nurses, the whole medical profession, but I really want, I want that anointing. I don't understand it, but you don't have cancer. You don't have heart disease. You don't have MS. You don't have autism. I, that's the anointing I want. If you need to get your children and rescue those good people who are taking care <laughs> of your children, would you do that now because it is now... 8.35, and if you don't have to go get your children, and if you have to get your children, come on back, and we'll, we're going to pray for them too.
I want to, first of all, pray for the anointing. I'd like you to stand up if you want more. The message really was just to get us to this point. But I had a good time. <laughs> and if it encourages anybody, if God can use him, oh my God, how messed up is he? If God can use him, just think what he can do with me. That's the message. So open up your hands and your heart and close your eyes and relax. Holy Spirit, come. Lord, I'm asking that you fall afresh on your people tonight. Holy Spirit, come. And this young gal in the pink over here on the side. Mmm, mmm, mmm. More, Lord, more. Increase, increase, increase. On that second row right there, right in front of me, on the second row, more, more. The fire of God falling right now in a new and fresh way. Uh-huh. More, Lord. Increase, increase, increase. Mm. Carl, I just speak blessings over you. You're more than a songbird. I think I've said it before, but you're more than a songbird. You're more than a songbird. There's anointing in your voice. There's healing in your voice. Healing of the soul, the wounded heart. Increase, Lord, more, more. Let the fire of God go all over this room from front to back, side to side. And Lord, I'm asking right now for a fresh boldness. That as I gave this message, they would start to think, where have I been so bound up that I've been afraid to step out of my comfort zone and do what you've called me to do? I believe God's been giving some of you pictures of people. He's given you words for people. He's told you who you're supposed to pray for and you're still hiding. I just call that out right now. I call you out from behind the veil. I call you out of hiding in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Okay. Okay. You may be seated. Let me do just a little bit of ministry and then we'll dismiss. Is there anybody um, here who has metal in their body that is causing pain or lack of mobility, metal or some plastic or something that's been pins put in your body that, that you know, most people would say is not supposed to be there, and it causes pain or lack of mobility. So, for example, I, I had a woman in a meeting. Um, that she had had an ankle replacement, and, and the ankle had been fused. I had a man who had a break in his spine, so he had a, a metal plates bolted around the break. Um, another man, Baptist pastor, had a metal rods on each side of his spine to, um, to, to stabilize the spine. I had another 17-year-old girl who had metal uh, uh, um, rods put next to her spine and had not been able to bend um, at 17 years old, had not been able to bend for two years. And I have a picture of her literally putting her palms on the floor. So that's what I'm talking about. If you've got something that's inserted in your body that's causing you pain or discomfort or lack of mobility, would you stand, please, and let me see what I'm dealing with? Two people. Two people. Yeah. 
Okay, if you have something that doesn't work, you can't stretch out your arm. You can't close or open your fingers. Um, you can't move your arm with full mobility. In other words, something that doesn't work like you think it's supposed to. Would you stand up? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, So let me have you two come stand out, and you're being prayed for too, right? Okay. And if you're in the middle of the row where we can't get to you, come, just come out. So you're on the end, you're good. You're in the middle. If you would, either come to the center. Same thing for you, sir. And I can't tell if we can get to you, the lady in white, but it looks like we can. In other words, in other words if you're in the middle of the row, I can, we can't get to you, Right? Like you're in the middle of the row, if you would just come out somewhere. And, and if you need to sit down, lady in the crutches, you can just come right over here. Yeah. So that, that's what I'm saying. If we can get to you, then just kind of fine. Otherwise, step out. Yeah. Okay. Okay. If, if you're on the ministry team of this church... Uh, you're, uh, you're recognized as on the ministry team. You know you're, 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 you're in good standing. You're, a, you're okay to minister. If you would come up here so I can identify you, I know who you are. Okay, so I got y'all. Okay. Okay. All right, I want you to, congregation, I want you to be involved in this. I want you to stretch your hands toward these. I want the people who are going to be prayed for, indicate, put your hand, if you can, where you've got metal or it hurts or whatever. So, for example, this lady right here in the aisle, you're showing right here in your shoulder, that's where your problem is. You're showing elbows, is that what you're showing? Okay, um, all right, and, and yours is uh, your foot. Okay, you can sit down if you need to. Just make sure that we know you're the one we're coming to pray for on that side. So she's the only one. She's in red, okay? My ministry team, this is going to be kind of like what we talked about this afternoon for those of you who were here. It's the 10-second, maybe 15-second prayer. All things made new, be healed. Metal dissolve. Mobility return. Something like that. And I want you to rotate. I want you to touch as many people as you can in the allotted time that I give you, which is only going to be a couple of minutes, right? So you're going to pray, all things made new, full mobility be restored. Metal dissolve. Everything come back into order in the name of Jesus. Something just like what I just did. Are you for, and okay, so yours is unique. So you just need to make sure we know what we're praying for. Does everybody understand me, ministry team? Okay, some of you go to the back. Some of you go to the side. Some of you go over here and begin praying. And y'all start interceding for us. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Lord, we speak blessing over the knee. We command full mobility to come back in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. 
All things made new. Holy Spirit come with healing power. Full mobility in the shoulders. Metal dissolve. So Tim and Joe and Lori, come help. Start circulating. Tim, if you want to get in on this because you traveled with me. We speak. She, oh, the pain just went away. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The pain just went away. The pain just went away. More, Lord. Increase the power. Now keep, keep rotating. All things made new in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, let your power fall on that young boy over there. Okay, just relax. We got you. We got you. Just take it all. Take it all. We got you. There you go. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing all over this room. Now keep, keep um, rotating. Keep rotating. Keep rotating. Keep praying. All things made new in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Any kind of metal or problem in the hip area. We call it back into order in the name of Jesus. Okay, we just command all the pain in the because of the screws to go in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Okay, you've got about another 20 seconds. you got about another 20 seconds. All things made new. All things made new. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Okay, my ministry team, you may go sit back down. You don't necessarily have to go right back to your seat, but go back so that you're sitting. And so I can, and let me have everybody who got prayed for, I want to keep you standing. Okay, let me have your attention. So minister team, just kind of sit down out of the way so I know who I'm dealing with. Okay. Um, okay, I know because you, you told me. Tell, tell me what happened. Um, when I first walked up my... I had an injury prior to this knee, and for months I've been in constant pain, chronically, throughout so every single the day. Knee wasn't working. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't bend it all the way. Yeah. And now I can actually stretch my knee fully Boom. and extend it. Wow! Come on. For everybody else who's standing, would you check your body? Would you find out, flex your fingers, do whatever was your problem? And see, the reason we ask people to do that is because a lot of times there's healing, but you didn't feel anything. And so you don't know until you test it. So if you can say, 
There was something significant happened during that period, kind of like what she can say. If, if you can say something significant happened, I, I like it. It's a big deal for me. If that's you, raise your hand at me so that I know. This lady right here, the lady here. Okay, these two I know. Tell me what happened. Uh, rotator, rotator cuff injury, and it's about 30% better. About 30. I'll take that. Thank you, Lord. I had nerve damage in both my elbows, and it was hurting all the time, so it doesn't hurt now. doesn't hurt now. <laughs> okay, we call that healing. We call that healing. God bless you. That's awesome. That's awesome. Is there anybody who's got metal in their body and you feel like something has happened? I don't care if it's just a little bit, but you feel like something has happened, a metal or some sort of something that's been implanted, you know? Yeah? Okay. Oh, you had the hip problem. And so there's metal in there. And how does it uh, restrict you? Like what, is it, what kind of a problem does it just, cause? Just residual pain. Um, it's a little bit less. Little bit so less. I feel something moving and working. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Y'all may go sit back down. Um, I want to do uh, just a couple more. You, you can go sit down unless you know you've already read my mind and you know what else I'm going to do. Or you've got so many things wrong, I'm bound to pick on something. You know, one of, the things that, um, one of the things that I did not do this afternoon uh, was, and too often it kind of gets left out, is you have a condition that needs to be healed. You don't necessarily have pain, and, and the, 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 the problem with this particular category is like if we pray for your rotator cuff, your arm, your hand, whatever, and we pray and something happens and then you demonstrate it, we know something happened. If you have a condition but you don't have pain, like maybe diabetes, how do you know God's done something? Or um, floaters in your eyes or, or I don't know, there's, there's various things like, um, I don't know, you wouldn't really know unless you got checked out. But I want to make sure that we're given a chance for everybody to be prayed for, for whatever their thing is, that it's the dunamis power. So if you have some sort of a condition, and I'm not sure exactly even what I would be praying for other than diabetes, um, high blood pressure. Oh, that'd be a good one. Pardon me? Okay, but you don't have pain. You just know you've got cardiac problems. Okay, well, that's what I'm, well... Now, I want something that you, you don't have pain right now. I'm sorry? Eye stigmatism. Yeah, we've, we prayed for eyes this afternoon, and I think what we'll do is do it again. Okay, so every, this is going to include almost everybody. If you have any kind of a problem with your eyes, you can't see far away, you can't see up close, you got floaters in your eyes, you got something. If you've got problems in your ears, your ears are ringing or they're, they're muffled, the sound, whatever, or you have a condition that needs to be healed, but there's no pain, like diabetes. Okay? Stand up. And that ought to be darn near... 
probably the only people are the kids. Okay. Um, here's what we want to do. If you remember, the lady, and I don't remember which side she was on. I think she was back there. She said she could see the board, and I couldn't even see the board. So her eyes got healed. Okay. If God can do it this afternoon, he can do it right now. So if you are standing for your eyes, I want you to take your glasses off. I want you to do something that I know is very silly. But instead of me or someone spitting in your eyes like Jesus did, I want you to do a prophetic act. Lick your fingers, put them on your eyelids. I know it sounds silly and hokey, but I've just seen this healing so much. If it's your ears, your ringing, pain, whatever, uh, I don't know, maybe a wet willy, I, I don't know. But I would, I would touch the ears for sure. If it's a condition like, um, like stomach issues or di high blood pressure or diabetes, put your hand somewhere where you think you could be affected. Sure. Yeah. Don't pray right now. Just receive. Holy Spirit, come. We ask for the healing, dunamis power of God to just be so abundant in this room, to flow into this room, that angels would usher in the presence. Lord, we don't worship these angels, but they are fellow workers with us. Lord, we stand on the power of the testimony of the many people in my meetings that I've seen with eye problems get healed. And, and people testifying, all the ringing after 10 years, the worship leader, it's gone. The concert violinist saying the floaters are gone. The woman in the Bay Area years ago who said her, 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 her reading, I don't know anything about diabetes, but her reading was 409 and she had no medication with her. When she went after the church service to her grandmother's, still with no medication, they took the reading. It was down to 109. So do it, do it again, Lord. Do it again. Do it again. Any other kind of problems, Lord, that are within our bodies, whether we have pain or not, that you would bring healing and restoration. We ask for the power of God to come in this room in such a way that it literally changes body functions, molecules, whatever needs to happen. More, Lord, because you said we could ask for more, more than we could even imagine. So stomach issues, go. Heart pain, go. Heart disease, go. High blood pressure, literally drop and come down into that normal place. Even the new normal that they've come, come up with just in the last couple of months. Bring everything back into order in the name of Jesus. Cancer. Yeah, I break off 
any kind of a spirit of cancer. And I break off that spirit of fear of cancer. It's like every time you hear anything about cancer, you immediately go into that fear. Lord, I'm asking for payback. Your word says in Proverbs 6, 30 and 31, when the enemy is found out, he must repay seven times over. Lord, I'm thankful and grateful that my wife is dancing with Jesus in heaven, but I want payback. I want payback for that terrible disease. I want payback. I want payback. And I, I don't understand at all that people were coming to me and I was seeing healing of cancer during that period while my wife was passing. I don't understand it, but I want payback. I want payback for this church. I want payback for this region. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. All right, let me, okay, let me have your attention. If you were praying for your eyes, try to get accustomed to the light. Like the young lady who testified earlier, try to look at far, far away if that was your problem or get, get out your phone or your Bible and try to read if it was because you couldn't see up close or if there were floaters, see if they're gone. If it's your ears, a lot of times it's hard until you get in some quiet area to see if there's been a change in your ears, but sometimes you'll know immediately. If, if I, with high blood pressure, I don't know how you're going to know. Diabetes, I don't know how you're going to know unless you take some sort of a test. That's why it's, it's hard to pray for that, and yet that gets left out too often. But if you can say something has just happened, I don't care if it's just a little bit. I mean, I want to give glory to the Lord. Something has happened. It's you again, and over here, Okay, and the hand over here. Okay, you're raising your hand. Come on, come on, come on, come on. And the lady back here, I think you're in green, teal. Come on. Anybody else? Right over here. Come on, right over here. Okay, real quick, tell me what happened. <laughs> I just felt something on my eyes when I put my hands on it. I, I mean, whoa, when I put my hands on my eyes, I just felt like God touching my eyes. Yeah. So, yes. Wow. So there's a change. Yeah, cool. Okay, so again, come on. Turn around. Well, um, when I was sitting over there, all your face was a blurry smudge. Yes. But after the prayer was finished, I could actually start to see the details of your face. Wow. And I am better looking than you thought, aren't I? <laughs> I was getting prayer for something else, but I said, hey, why not do the ears too? And it got clearer. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I had some ringing before and I'm like, oh, no, I, I listen to music too much. But. It got clearer right. while we were praying. Like my voice was loud? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, like more clear too, more distinct. Right. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I did not um, intentionally do anything for my ears. That's not what I was um, getting the prayer for. But I do ha have to pop my ears all the time. Um, but they don't feel like they need popping right now. So. <laughs> Having just experienced that, uh, flying from San Francisco down to San Diego two weeks ago, and I had a, a cold, I got sick um, right before I got on the plane to come back from Taiwan, I so know what you're talking about. It took four days for my ears to pop and that I could hear again. So I know what you've been going through. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else want to give any kind of a testimony? Uh, let me, I can come to you. Uh, my feet. Yeah. And when you were talking about the lady from the hut. Yes. 
I felt a spirit or a sense of spirit speak to me because my feet have sensitivity in them. And it's something that I've been uh, battling with for a while. And after just now, I sense, I sense the um, infilling of the Holy Spirit and then it released. Wow, cool, cool. I think what I want to do is end with this. Nine o'clock, sure. Yeah, I want to end with this one because this is really personal to me. Um, I've, I've now seen, what I see most is because I go after eyes and ears because I've got problems with both. And I, I go after uh, arm problems, uh, hands, fingers, elbows, shoulder. Um, primarily because um, in 2012, right before Thanksgiving, I lost the use of my left arm. Completely could not move it, could not at all. And they took them a long time to diagnose exactly what was wrong, which they never accurately did. Um, but I, I started going after that kind of healing. And um, after the year that I basically took off uh, being with my wife, when I started doing meetings, I saw that as fruit in my ministry. I saw that because I went after it a lot. And in the first two months, I saw... Um, that I actually took pictures of. I saw at least 35 people and I knew there was many more, but I saw at least 35 that I'd taken pictures of. And within the first six months, it was closer to like 150 to 175 people. So I was seeing a lot of results from that. So it's a big deal for me. It is about payback. So if you have any kind of a problem with your shoulders on either side, anywhere in the arm, forearm, the wrist, the fingers, something doesn't work, um, carpal tunnel, anything, would you stand up? That's what I want to go after. Hold out your hands. Now, if you are sitting on the side of that person, just touch them on the hand. So just open up both hands. If you're sitting on the side of them, if you're sitting in front of them, if you're sitting in back of them, lay hands on them gently. The word says that the very same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells inside of you. You carry the spirit of God. It's not about working up something. It's not about lofty words. It's not about your prayers, per se, that you have to have the perfect prayers. It's about you releasing the presence of God that is within you. So just release the power of God. Holy Spirit, come in new and fresh ways. We speak to the shoulders, the fingers, the wrist, the elbow, the forearm, all the tension in the neck that goes down into the shoulders. We command it to go. We speak healing and wholeness because of what you did for us on the cross. All things made new. Even if you're a relative of Brent's. 
Thank you, Lord, for everything you're doing across this room. More, Lord. Because you said we could ask for more. Every bit of the tightness in the neck, every spirit of trauma, be gone now. All the tension and the stress come off of the neck and the back and down the shoulders and throughout the arms. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Okay, prayer team, you've got 10 seconds. 10 seconds to pray for them and bless them. 10 seconds to finish it up. Bless them. Okay. Shh, stop praying. Stop praying. You can sit back down. Those of you who just got prayed for, stay standing. If you just got prayed for, stay standing. Check your body. Whatever you just got prayed for, shoulders, wrists, fingers, whatever. Do like this lady over here is doing. Do like the lady in the red is doing. Um, whatever you need to do, check your body. Move your fingers, move your elbows, whatever. And if you can say something significant just happened during that prayer, wave at me. Wave at me where you couldn't before. Yeah, wave at me. Uh, okay, I, I see the gentleman back there, this lady right here, the lady right here, the lady right here, the way back there in the corner. Yeah, who else? Who else? Uh, right in here. Again, this is your night. Yeah, the lady. Okay, so you were checking out your body and tell me real loud what happened in the orange right here. You with the sweater, yeah, the that whatever that thing is. I was here in an earlier service. Right. And um, so I fell under the power of God. Awesome. Awesome. The gentleman in, in the very far back, um, what's happened to you, sir? Can you tell us? Yeah. And was that when I uh, broke the spirit of trauma or is it during the prayer? When he prayed. Okay, cool. Well done. Okay. Um, you want to tell me something? sleep last night and so now like I can open a door and like it I can move it and stuff and maybe pick stuff up was it a problem like shaking hands it just was like really it, go ahead and yeah, shake just, you, just yeah like shake yeah yes she can <laughs> yeah isn't that cool yeah. yes that's cool <laughs> yes that's cool <laughs> something happening with you Put his hand right, right in the area where the thumb, where there was pain and stuff, and I haven't been able to wow. stretch this back. And then yeah. um, you mentioned neck, and I did have tension in my neck, and she prayed for the neck, and I don't feel it anymore. Yeah. yeah. Was that when the trauma was cool? I think so. Yeah. 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 Did you have something happen? Just um, when you prayed for trauma. Yeah. Stuff came off, and I didn't know my neck was hurting. And, <laughs> and then it cracked. I mean, it ah, cracked. yeah. And my hands feeling better. Hands feeling even better. 
so the hand is feeling even betterer. Um, okay, sure, one more time. <laughs> okay, so um, I have recently been, for the past couple months, I've been experiencing tendonitis in both elbows. And um, I've been feeling pain all day. And right now the pain has left. And um, just a few minutes ago, I had a knot the size of my fist in the back of my neck. And now it's completely gone. Do you think that happened when I broke trauma? It mostly happened when you demanded that it go off now. Let me finish with this about that trauma thing because this is kind of important too. Um, A lot of times, um, pain is stored at the base of the neck. And it's it's not a woo-woo spiritual term. It's a scientific term. They know a lot of times a loud clapping or snapping um, will actually cause the, the neurons to disperse and the pain would go. So I've literally had people in meetings where I broke the spirit of trauma, did a loud clap, and like a woman who had been sexually abused and attacked 20 years prior had not been able to move her neck up or down, right or left. I mean, literally, it was like this. I mean, she had no movement. And I've got pictures of her doing full mobility. Yeah, the, that spirit of trauma, a lot of times when there is something that's it's encapsulated in the neck area, it affects the rest of the body. And you can break that spirit of trauma by a loud clap or a snapping of, of the hand. And that, that's what I did. I've, I've done that before, and I just felt like I was called to do it right then. I didn't, didn't know I was going to do that, but that's what I felt like I was going to do. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done. Can we stand and give him praise? Can we 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 give him praise?